2: to my voice. Sarah
1: Welcome to "We Stand Together," a pop culture academic symposium. Uh huh, and we are the pop culture professors. We're smart people
0: talking dumb topics.
1: That's right. I just finished a six-hour day of professing. Oh my gosh! I know, isn't it nuts? It's too I much. can't. I can't believe that after what twenty-five episodes of this podcast, I'm still employed by a university. <laughs> like, yeah. You have to wonder. <laughs> you have to wonder. You know, they do the initial background check and then they just let <laughs> let it all out. Uh. Well, we'll see if this episode can change all that. If any topic can, I think today's topic can.
0: And, you know, we're pop culture professors. That's right. So we like to let you know what we're standing each week to let you know that we're keeping up with the research Mm -hmm. of pop culture. So, Lauren, what are you standing?
1: Well, Caitlin, thank you so much for asking. Um, This has been a week where I have discovered the joys of... Marriage-themed reality TV. Uh, I've always known it was out there. I've, you know, been a casual spectator. But I have dove... I, I've just gone headfirst into it. I have seen every episode of India Matchmaker. I've watched um, the entire season nine and season one of Married at First Sight. And I finished uh, uh, the the Say I Do one. I don't know. The one that's like Queer Eye, but even more tears that happen because <laughs> it's a wedding. Uh, I've seen so much reality marriage programming. And I don't think it's going to stop anytime soon. <laughs> Because no, there's I don't so see much out there. Um, so I'm really excited about my new hobby. How about you, Kate? What are you standing this week?
0: Oh, I got an amazing new YouTube channel for everyone. It's <laughs> oh, God. called, confusingly, because this, this name has nothing to do with their content, Twins the New Trend. It is two young men. Uh, they are, I think, 19. And okay, okay. they watch... Uh, iconic old music videos Or listen to songs that they oh. Never heard of before and give you A live reaction of how they feel about it Highly recommend Start with the Dolly Parton Jolene One
1: yes I did I did see this one it's great
0: Yes and then they they That one like went viral mm-hmm. So they started doing more Dolly Parton It's not <laughs> till the third one which is Code of Many Colors Where they figure out she's a country artist <laughs> bring so much purity to everything and they're just not haters like they try to get into everything yeah and it's refreshing both yes when you're like an older person you can kind of like look down on a younger person that doesn't know for instance that dolly parton is a country artist or that whitney houston was not fat what (laughs) which is something they both said that they had assumed about her what and for reasons that are never clear. So that's very funny. But also it's like, it's very heartwarming that they can connect on a musical level with stuff they've never heard of. And yeah. it makes you reappreciate classics that you like because it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, that is good. That is good for someone <laughs> that, that never heard of it before. Uh, so please check <laughs> yeah. Twins the New Trend.
1: I love it. I love it. And you know what else I love? I love today's guest. This oh, is yeah. someone I've been a huge stan of on Twitter for a long time. Please welcome senior entertainment reporter from the Daily Beast, Mr. Kevin Fallon.
2: Hi. Welcome Hello. Welcome. This is Thank so exciting.
1: You. I'm very excited. Before we dive into today's theme though, Kevin, are, is there anything you're standing this week? I you've got the pulse on on culture.
2: Um my standing is for something that's 30 years old. I love um, supermarket sweep which just (gasps) came on netflix which like i remember watching with my nana when like i got home from school when i was a kid but now that Mm. i'm a grown-ass human is like even more fun to watch and scream at and i've just been really really loving it
1: yeah it's the greatest thing in the world, and I'm hoping next month they drop the the mall one. The Shop what till was you it? Drop. Shop to you drop, yeah, because yes. yeah. that used to be a perfect yeah, right, afternoon.
0: I recently used a clip of supermarket sweep in something I was writing, and I was like, okay, I need a really crazy clip from it though, and it was just like I just went with the first one on YouTube. I was like, yeah, this <laughs> is what I needed. I don't have to like look harder. It's
1: <laughs> it's all that level. I love it. Yeah, I love supermarket sweep almost as much as I love today's theme, which is dilfs and you know for those listening to the podcast you know we we've had we've had listeners reach out at times and say you know they're unfamiliar with certain lingo that we use so before we dive too deeply into this topic um specifically for my little brother who's listening um a dilf is an ink an acronym for dad i'd like to fuck mm-hmm. uh, According to Urban Dictionary, a DILF is any man, typically between the ages of 30 to 50, who is incredibly attractive and has kids. That's it. That's what a DILF is. Um, (laughs) And today we're going to dive headfirst into the wild and wacky world of DILFs. Absolutely.
0: And, you know, we usually like to go over, uh, you know, what we feel is our credit on this topic that we're talking about each week. This one was incredibly hard, I feel like, to say a credit, something that I've done in my work life that that has led me to be an expert on DILFs. And it certainly didn't help that Lauren just kept texting me, well, who are the DILFs in your life? Um, (laughs) Which I asked her to stop texting me. (laughs) And I couldn't stop. (laughs) A helpful thought experience. Experiment. It just and it <laughs> I, seems like what Lauren thought would be appropriate is for me to just name friends I have that are dads, <laughs> which would be the opposite of a good thing to do. Oh. Uh, but I did think of one thing, um and it, you know, this is the thing: who is a dilf So subjective. The really, the only the fact that they're a dad is for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I did once work with Wayne Brady, Ooh. and um, on a live show where he featured his daughter and they did improv together. That's.
1: Dude very cute yeah it was cute um you know usually you uh, this this credit came to me quicker than normal um <laughs> and my credit is that john Turturro played my dad in a movie once and in the movie he had a lot of sex so you know um yeah there's that i feel like that's my my, I think my that's credit great. yeah that thank that you great. so much that's a movie with julianne moore correct she yes had yeah sex with him the- in that movie Yes, he bangs her a lot in that movie. So, to her, he is a DILF because of yes. you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Is Whoa. Gloria
2: Bell? Gloria? Yes. Yeah. Such it's such a good movie.
1: It's such a good movie. I'm in 10 seconds of it, but I made John Turturro a DILF, so that's my credit. Uh,
2: the most important 10 seconds of the movie.
1: <laughs> thank you so much. Honestly, <laughs> thank you. I feel seen. I feel I think understood. At least in other countries, it's just the DILF, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's called the DILF. Um. I know for sure it's called the DILF in Iceland. I'm not sure where else, but definitely in Iceland, it's called the DILF. Oh, yeah. Um, So, Kevin, do you have any credits that make you an expert on the topic of DILFs?
2: Well, there's, like, the personal experience of just, like, growing up and having, like, a Ring of Keys moment every time a sitcom dad appeared. Mm -hmm. Um, That's just, like, a formative experience. Um, (laughs) But professionally... um, I like to think that I try to course correct when I'm writing about television and movies and sort of, in a joking way, very tongue-in-cheek, objectify um, some of the hot dads Mm -hmm. that I Mm -hmm. get to write about when I, you know, watch things and interview actors um, for The Daily Beast. I'm not saying that it's, like, a great thing to sort of rectify you know, decades of women mm-hmm. being sexualized in pop culture writing by then doing the same thing to men. But it is very fun to do <laughs> and very fun to write about. And um, I think sometimes some of my most um, vibrant writing is when writing about how hot certain dads are on TV. Um, so it's, it's it's something that I have a keen eye for as a critic. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So <laughs> I, I would, I would I... argue that as my credit.
1: I have long appreciated that uh, in your work, and Thank you. part of the reason we pitched this topic to you is because I was particularly inspired by your tweets about joining a thruple with the <laughs> Brewer family from the Babysitters Club. <laughs>
2: and I like hesitated to, to write that, even though it was a genuine feeling I was having, because <laughs> that series is it's so spectacular, and one of the reasons it's so spectacular is because it gives these kids of that age such a dignity in that age yeah. that they're at like it's not like a riverdale thing where it's 25 year olds playing teenagers right. who are all like humping each other and solving murders <laughs> it's like these are 13 year 12 and 13 year olds who are acting like twelve and 13 year olds and their feelings are so pure and valid um and yeah then here i am talking about wanting to like join the marital bed of you know the parents <laughs> on the show um so I felt a little guilty about that, but but it's true.
1: But it's Couldn't the truth. It. I saw that and I was like, yeah, I, yeah. I had the same feelings, and it felt nice to know that I wasn't alone in them. Um, after binge watching that entire series in one night.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we all bring our own our own feelings to these to these series, and that happens to be ours.
1: That that is ours, and it is. A, you know, I think it is pure. I think it's almost as pure as the storylines <laughs> those girls are going through. Um, <laughs> So, knowing that you're such an expert in all things DILF, we have prepared a couple of games today, and this first one is, I think, going to be a really interesting thought experiment for you to sort of, um, you know, maybe identify who your ultimate DILF is, I hope. Um, And this is a game called Last DILF Standing. Subtitle, fuck them or chuck them.
2: Oh,
1: okay. Uh, and so we have a list of some of TV's hottest DILFs in history, and we are going to match them up in a DILF versus DILF standoff, and each round you can only keep one, okay. and, you're, and, and there's no way to know who you're going to end up with in the end.
2: All right. Right. This will calmly... be very enlightening to me. I'm uh, very excited for this.
0: Yeah, he's calmly accepted this, but it's gonna be tough. Yeah. All right. The first round is Rufus Humphrey from Gossip Girl versus Mark McSteamy Sloan from Grey's Anatomy.
2: You know, I'm gonna go McSteamy. You know, it's <sighs> I. I it, it. That show was airing at when I was like. A teenager in high school, mm-hmm. coming of age and coming of being a gay man and him coming out in that towel is like <laughs> seared into my yeah. mind forever. So yeah, it has to it has to be McSteamy.
0: Absolutely. I, okay,
1: McSteamy advances. All right. Round two, McSteamy versus Randall Pearson from This Is Us.
2: Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, this is just round two. This is Uh, just round two.
2: Okay, I'm going to go with Randall because, um, like, looking back at, you know, all of the dads that I've been pseudo-attracted to growing Mm -hmm. up, they've all been um, kind of, like, pure and nerdy. Yeah. And I like that Randall is that, but also has that Sterling K. Brown, like, insane physique that, like is is unreal so i i I, I would go with him
1: it is a surprise you always forget that he's ripped like that
2: yeah until they blessedly write it into the show
1: (laughs) yeah until they remind you until they remind you and bill
0: pearson from this is us advances to face off with max sheffield of the nanny
1: (laughs) 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 mr sheffield
2: um I I love the nanny. I love that this is an option, but uh, Mm -hmm. it's still it's still Randall.
1: Okay, that that makes sense. That that does make sense. All right. We're going to we're going to keep it in the throwback uh, Thursday vibe and put Randall Pearson from This Is Us up against Carl Winslow from Family Matters.
2: (laughs) I mean, no disrespect to one of the greatest sitcom dads of all time, but. Um if we're going with the ilf part of, of Delph, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's still Randall. Right. Uh,
1: right. right, Randall But
2: the D. <laughs> <laughs> but bring Stefan, you know, Steve Urkel's Sure. Mm. You know, if this was some other game where he was introduced <laughs> to the conversation, then it would be a
0: Maybe it's more totally difficult. different story. A dad. Okay. All right. Randall Pearson is doing well. He is He's facing off against Tony Michelli, Tony Danza's character on Who's the Boss? <laughs>
2: Okay, uh, so um, my boyfriend's father looks exactly like Tony Danza from the Who's the Boss era. Wow, and his mother looks exactly like Judith Light. <gasps> James. Um, so this has always been like a running joke with us is that he, his parents are the Who's the Boss parents. Um, but
0: he's Jonathan. To,
2: to stave wow. off the awkwardness of of saying my, you know, father in law for lack of a better word, I'm even going to stick with Randall.
1: Wow, okay, Randall is really hanging in tough. But can he survive in this matchup against Rafael Solano from Jane the Virgin?
2: Oh, no, he can't.
1: Wow, and it is a total knockout for Randall Pearson. All right, we're gonna move into the final round. Caitlin, set it up.
0: All right, the final round. Rafael Solano from Jane the Virgin versus Jesse Katsopoulos from Full House.
2: Well, you save that one for last because you know, of course, that Jesse's gonna win.
1: Yeah. Wow. <laughs> All How, right. Well,
2: congratulations. However, I would like to point out that if I was going, like, now that I'm grown, mm-hmm. I think that I would go with Danny Tanner over Jesse. <gasps> wow. There's, wow. He's, I mean, especially in the I mean, the Full House days in the '90s, he was very attractive and handsome. He like kept a body. Yeah. And he kept the house clean. Mm, such, that is Such a, like, a good dad to those girls And there's something about his purity That makes him extra appealing to me now But you know, when I was watching I think I was always lusting after Jesse Even if I didn't know that I was
0: Totally wow. Well, congratulations to Uncle Jesse Yeah
1: And, and I mean, congratulations to you, Kevin For getting Uncle Jesse <laughs>
0: And a, t- a tough game for Randall Pearson Who won the most individual rounds But... <laughs> <laughs> Not an overall winner. Sterling K. Brown, just try harder, please.
1: <laughs> Amazing. Well, I, yeah, I, I agree. Now, I do have a question. If Is there anyone that you were expecting to hear on that list that you didn't hear?
2: So there was one I was expecting to hear and one I wasn't. But The, the okay. one I wasn't it might actually be my ultimate do <gasps> Who's your so ultimate one, The one that I thought that might come up is Coach Taylor from Friday Night Lights. <gasps> Good one. Um, Good one. Just because I feel like, especially among millennials, and since that show has sort of caught like a second and third win on streaming. Yeah. Um, like he's just become this sort of pantheon of DILFhood, for lack yeah. of a better term. But my ultimate, is, and it's a weird one, is, you know, when I was watching Gilmore Girls the first time around... You know, everyone was talking about, you know, do you have a crush on Jess or or on, you know, Dean? Um, for me, it was always Christopher. Me too!
1: Me too! I like, love Christopher.
2: I don't know what it was about this man, but I just always have this huge crush on Christopher.
1: And it has led me to watch every single piece of content that that man is in i will watch anything he's in including he does all this like work these like workout video (laughs) i don't quite understand what they are tell me more Um, i I found them on a deep dive into his social media and i spent hours watching these videos that i don't fully understand what i watch but i will watch him do anything
2: well, now I, I, I have plans him. for after this is over because I'm not aware of these videos. Soon will be. All right.
1: Well, we're going to take a moment to recover from the hotness that was last Dilf Standing. We'll be right back. We
2: together. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwein, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Bantwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.
1: All right, and we are back. Thank you all for rejoining us. I know it's very tempting to turn off this podcast and just go down a rabbit hole of all your favorite dilf, so sticking with us mm-hmm. to the end is appreciated. Um, yeah. now I have a thesis today that is near and dear to my heart and I've been I've been waiting for the moment to bring this topic up and I, and this this episode finally gave me the door that I needed to walk through. And today my thesis is Riverdale deserves a special Emmy for their dedication to dilf visibility. <laughs> And so, what is Riverdale, some of you might be wondering, and to you I say how dare, but I will help you out. Uh, <laughs> Riverdale is an American teen drama television series based on the characters of the Archie comics. The series follows Archie Andrews' life in the small town of Riverdale and explores the darkness hidden behind its seemingly perfect image, and they are serving nostalgia realness. Now, as Kevin mentioned at the beginning of the show, this is a show that does not depict uh teen issues in any sort of sense of reality. Uh, In fact, what is reality is a big question I have every time I watch this show. (laughs) However, it shocks me that I'm not writing it, because in what universe does a high school do a production of Hedwig and the Angry Inch? (laughs) And I wasn't in the writer's room. I don't get it. I don't know. But I digress. Back to my my real reason for bringing this up is that I think that the casting on this show has brought casting on television to truly another level of art because they have given us so many of our teen heartthrobs and repackaged them as hardcore dilfs. (laughs) I mean, first and foremost, Archie's dad was played by Luke Perry. And as you super fans of the show may remember, I had a hard time reconciling the fact that when he passed away, he couldn't be people's most uh, attractive man alive last year because I love him so much. Uh, yeah Dylan as a dad we love it and to see Dylan grow up to be a wholesome dad we love it even more and then you're gonna pile on top of the Luke Perry hotness and give us Mark Consuelos as Hiram Lodge yeah I used to stay home sick from school and watch soap operas with my mom so that's exactly who I want to see on this teen so and then this is feels like a personal gift that's like really for me you're gonna give me Skeet Ulrich as a dad yeah okay I learned about like Feelings from his character in Scream. Was his character in Scream problematic? Yes. Did he treat Nev Campbell badly? Yes. Was he a serial killer? Absolutely. But was he hot as hell? Yes. And so making him the bad dad? I love, we stand. And then this season, and then this season, they gave us Jack from the Creek back in his own set playing Principal Honey, and that is Chef's Kiss. And And they even gave us original fuckboy Chad Michael Murray playing Edgar Everett and ever And, like, truly, it's just DILF on top of DILF on top of DILF. And the, like, most iconic part, though, is that all of these DILFs are tied to our, like, adolescence, right? So, like, all of us, like, 30-something-year-olds who are watching Riverdale feeling a little bit weird that we're still watching teen soaps, they're like, we got you, and we're going to make you feel safe by celebrating your youth with hot youths from... From the past playing the dads. And so it feels like they were thinking of us and they want us to feel safe watching. And I just I don't think that the casting department at the CW is getting enough credit for that.
2: They did um another version of that with that Nancy Drew series where they yes! cast Scott Wolf as as her father. Which I re- love. Who like replaced, I think they originally had, they had cast Freddie Prince Jr. They 100 percent did. Out and they replaced him with Scott Wolf, which was like great. Like when you lose one delfe gain another. Like it's fantastic.
1: I, yeah, and it's just like you know, of course actors age into the dad, but it, I've just never seen a series that was so intentional in like the casting. Like they were like, no, we're going to get former teen heartthrobs to play the dads. And I love this. And I hope more people keep doing this because it's like on 13 reasons why the dads are hot, but like they weren't thinking <laughs> about it. It was just like accidental. Like they're like, oops, we cast Tom Everett Scott and he's hot. Like they weren't out to like yeah like it's oops they just you know it happened um but i'm i'm curious i have a couple of questions that i would love to pose to the panel um so first my first question is you know because riverdale has such an excellent track record of dilf visibility who is the next dilf that they should bring in like who what teen heartthrob is now in that age bracket that they need to bring on set
2: The first two that come to my mind come to my mind because they've already sort of been doing this on other shows. Mm -hmm. Um, James Vanderbeek, um, Mm -hmm. who's been playing like, like different parodies of his Dawson's Creek celebrity persona on a bunch of different shows. Um, then Mark Paul (gasps) Gosselar, um, who's, he's like, the poor guy can't catch a break on network TV. He's had like one series go to air and get canceled a season like for the past like five or six years. But each time he plays, sort of like a hunky, very earnest dad, and it's so nice to see, um, you know, as someone who grew up with, with yeah. Seth Morris,
1: of course, yeah. yeah. And he's and-
2: the nicest guy. I got in to interview him a few times. He could not be a nicer person.
1: Oh, that's great. He is super dilfy on mixed dish. Yes. I kind of didn't think about that until this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and-, and James Vanderbeek is obsessed with being a dad, so he certainly yes. brings that. If you follow he- him on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's I don't know how he keeps track of all of his children. We haven't seen them have to like name them, you know, like live. That's true. That's true. They have not named them live. But they're so they and they all look like little cherub angels. It's crazy. It's it crazy. Absolutely crazy. Um, who else would be good? Yeah. Like who is a teenage heartthrob that you would just feel safe seeing on screen.
2: I mean, there's someone who's like disappeared and every once in a while BuzzFeed does a Like, where is he now kind of thing. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor Thomas.
1: <gasps> yeah. Could you imagine watching him
2: as like an adorable dad to like a, you know, a brood of three kids on a charming ABS family sitcom?
1: I would love. Absolutely.
0: I absolutely and would love that. I don't know if he and Zachary Ty Bryan are still friends, but I absolutely prefer to think that.
1: Yeah. I yeah. want to believe that those kids, those brothers, get together for like not necessarily a monthly, but like a bi monthly
2: barbecue.
0: And Zachary Ty Bryan could play like the neighbor. He could he could play the Wilson of. I mean, wow, it's all coming together. Yeah, I
2: mean, basically, they're just going to reboot Home Improvement to make this fantasy happen. That's and they're true. They're like, uh... live on the same block, and
0: <gasps> I mean, he's already been mentioned, but Jaleel White. Oh yeah, she really is actually hot, which they only realized like four or five seasons in. And it yeah, it's Stefan.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm well. I'm I'm super. I, I I'm curious. Um, you know, Kevin being um such a pop culture expert, you've already mentioned a couple of shows like Nancy Drew and stuff. But like, are there any other shows that you think are uh, really utilizing nostalgia to do their casting in like a really elevated way?
2: Oh, that's a good question. Um. I mean, I feel like any time they cast one of these like a show cast yeah. And these people that we're talking about, like a Mark Paul Gosseler, um or like a Julia White, which who I haven't seen in a while on T V, like inherently they have to play on their celebrity. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's impossible to detach them from it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like it's, it's not exactly the same thing as casting like a TGI Friday, a TGIF star on a like, Riverdale or something, but right. on Little Fires Everywhere, you know, casting Jonathan Jackson in that sort of like playing a 90s dad opposite Reese Witherspoon as a 90s like white lady harpy wife was I mm-hmm. think brilliant <laughs> casting that sort of plays on the, the way we think about them based on the stuff that we've watched them in before. Um, totally. Which is like a good example of not doing it like in a tease away in a very like prestige TV kind of way.
1: Totally. And thank you so much for bringing up Joshua Jackson. Um, he is my greatest passion and I'm always so thankful when <laughs> I'm not the one that has to yeah. bring him up. Listeners so listeners know
0: that's a big stand around here. We tried to not bring him up so much because we were getting cease and desist letters. But you brought it up so we can. Well, yep, I got yep. your
2: message to please bring Th- up No, Kevin, Kevin no,
0: Kevin.
1: <laughs> i you know i i have felt like when his wife liked one of my tweets that it is permission to keep going so all bets are off <laughs> um all right so i just before we move on from this i just i have two other little questions do you think that this like nostalgia like casting you know because i do think it's like evolved like you know clearly there are people who've always had like types and celebrity and that's always been part of the casting but like this real attention and usage of nostalgia feels like it's evolved into something do you think this is a trend or do you think this is something that's like here to stay
2: i think it's here to stay but it's gotten more interesting whereas like five to seven years ago the nostalgia thing used to be casting you know actors who are identifiable for one thing in a show where they played themselves mm. um sort of like Matt LeBlanc doing episodes. Mm-hmm. Um James Vanderbeek played himself in the Don't, Don't Trust Edition of Marvel 23 Yeah. yeah. Um I, I'm blanking on a bunch there there was there was like a whole slew of them, and I remember writing about it at the time, um, um which was interesting until it yeah. wasn't. It just yeah. became way too rampant. Um and now I think it's become more interesting to sort of play on their nostalgia in a new scripted show. And then like with all these CW shows that are also weird reboots of, like, Archie Comics and, totally. like, Nancy Drew and, like, all these other things that we have nostalgic attachment to that's not attached to our nostalgia for these actors. It's it's all, yeah. like, this very, like, meta tangle of uh, nostalgia that, that I do think is extremely, extremely interesting.
1: Um, Wasn't Jennifer great on a show playing herself? Remember yes. that? Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah, it's wild. Well, all this talk of nostalgia and, like, thinking about how much the like nostalgia element plays into why i keep tuning in each week to to watch new episodes of riverdale it made me think about like dilfs of the past right because i feel like we're in an age where we're like celebrating dilfs and i feel like when i was growing up if you like admitted you had a crush on like the dad character to sleep over it would be like Let's all laugh at you and that's embarrassing. But now it's like, oh, no, obviously having a crush on F.B. Jones is like everyone would like think that's cool. Are there any DILFs of the past that you think didn't get their fair due? Like anyone that you're like, no, we weren't paying enough attention. That dad deserved to be celebrated.
2: Uh, I mean, there are episodes of like I Love Lucy where, you know, Ricky Ricardo certainly Mm. does not for me. Totally.
0: You know what one I think kind of works? And you'll you'll understand more when I present my thesis later. The dad from my so-called life, yeah, uh,
1: he's not like hot,
0: but there's like something about him.
1: <laughs> I see that. I see that.
0: I totally see that. Yeah, and I he's, he's overshadowed by Jordan Catalano.
1: One might say, but <laughs> one might one yeah. might be able to argue, you could that, argue that point. That. I was like trying to think, and I was like. I couldn't really get myself excited about any, because I was like, was Dawson's dad hot? They thought, they wanted me to think he was, but I don't think I thought he was. I didn't think, I mean, he is,
0: like, an attractive man, but. Yeah.
1: And then I was like, is Treat Williams on Everward a DILF? But, yes. Like, that, is that, he? that is,
2: that is a okay. fact.
1: Okay. I wasn't sure if that was <laughs> canon or not. I wasn't sure.
2: I would, I would equate him with, like, how we were all supposed to also have a crush on Sandy Cohen on the OC, Like. <sighs> facts like, right. like he was like he was supposed to be an attractive dad yeah that is because that is sex life true. was so rampant on everyone like he was constantly dating people
1: that's uh, yeah yeah okay and you've now sw- i wasn't sure but you've convinced me
2: whereas like on like my so-called life you don't really get to know much about the father's sex life or like
0: not a lot
1: it's, it's implied
0: that he might want to have an affair
1: yeah, but we that only that get eighteen one. episodes, so yeah. <laughs> Which when are we gonna get that reboot? It feels like it's got to be coming any day now. I don't know well, what those that... a- actors' feelings towards the show is.
2: They recently did a like a Zoom reunion, mm-hmm. um, and all seen like, and everyone was there. Like Claire Danes also did it. Um, I don't think Jared Leto was there, so maybe maybe that's the like.
1: Oh, he might have been camping. He seems to like to go out into the woods <laughs> a lot. And he tried to get service out there, and it just yeah. didn't work. He, didn't, he doesn't know what year it is. Uh, but I remember when the show got canceled, like, I remember the footage of them being interviewed by, like, MTV News because they were, like, leading a petition being like, don't cancel us. And they, like, didn't get renewed, but they got that's how they got MTV to pick up the, uh, the reruns, I think.
0: I wrote a letter. I wrote a dang letter. <laughs> it's the first thing I've ever done like that And yes, you know what's funny though Because it was a show my mom and I would watch together And she wouldn't watch like 90210 with me So it was like really a co-watching show Yeah And I feel like all the castings now Are reflective of like trying to get different age groups interested
1: Oh totally See I did watch 90210 with my mom But we also watched My So-Called Life So Yeah Anyways, that's fun. So does your, Thanks so much. No one watch <laughs> 210 with me on Zoom. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Well, she will, but she'll she won't turn her camera on. So that's that's, that's that okay. with Barbara. She won't turn commentary. Her- yeah, she'll she'll she. Every time I try to FaceTime her, she just puts her thumb over the camera, and then I scream at her for like five minutes, going, "If I wanted to just talk, I would call you." Look- um, Barbara's so sh-
0: tired of the paparazzi. Okay. <laughs> Back <laughs> off, Lauren.
1: It's true. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for letting me speak to my truth about uh, the Emmy that Riverdale needs. Uh, I think it's time for another game, though. What do you think? Oh, yeah. All right. So this game is called for Dud. And it begs the question, will today's studs be tomorrow's duds or will they keep being hot? Uh, we've assembled a list of some of today's hottest rising stars. And we need your expert opinion, Kevin, to weigh in on whether or not these guys are going to arrive to DILFdom or DUDdom.
2: All right. <laughs> All
1: right. I think this uh, is such an
0: interesting concept because, it's, <laughs> you know, what makes one person hot at 25 may not work for them at 50 and vice versa. It's yeah.
2: And it's like... Impossible to tell. Like, who could have predicted that Zach Efron, when you watched him in a high school musical, would look like he does now on that Netflix show where he's traveling the world shirtless? Like, you, I'm have not, you would never imagine.
1: I'm still not convinced that's him. I'm waiting for the <laughs> DNA test results. Which is amazing. You were able to get that test done. <laughs> yep. I got it the same day I got my COVID antibodies test. <laughs> <laughs> you can just request stuff at CMD. People don't know that. Yeah, you just—it's sort of like a, you know, Burger King. You can have it your way. You just have to ask. Um, <laughs> all right, it <laughs> is a lot like Burger King, but I digress. <laughs> all right, so the first Dilfer Dud before you is Ross Butler, who plays Zach on Thirteen Reasons Why, and consequently was the original Reggie on Riverdale.
2: Um, I think he'll be a Dilf because, um. Granted, that it's not been, like, a long stretch of time, but I feel like he's gotten hotter um, each new season, whether it's Riverdale or for two reasons why that I've seen him. Um, I agree. He's... So he's maturing well.
1: Yeah. All right. All right. Point for Ross.
2: But also, I hate Ooh. that character so much in that show.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but we got a DILF, nonetheless. All right, yeah. next <laughs> up, Noah Centineo from To All the Boys I've Loved Before and The Fosters.
2: Now, see... My instinct is to say dud just because, and this is one of those times where I just feel like left out from the younger generation. Mm -hmm. I don't get it with him. Like when I, when I watch those things, um, he's not, he he doesn't have that like magnetic, like charming sex appeal that I think I felt when I would watch that kind of movie, Mm -hmm. um, you know, 10 years ago. But I stand corrected every time he does something and the entire world goes gaga for it. Um, and for him, so maybe it's just something that's that's just not for me, but it's for everybody else. Okay,
1: all right, mm-hmm. I buy that. I sidebar question: Is there any of his contemporaries that you think are getting that he's overshadowing? That like you're like, oh, why everyone's looking over at Noah? Why are we not looking over at X, Y, or Z?
2: Off the top of my head, I can't think of anybody. But okay. based on my strong feelings that are anti Noah, and <laughs> clearly there are plenty of people I would I would I would argue that for
1: amazing I was just curious all right well we got another one coming at you uh and this is a person who brings out a lot of uh strong feelings in me every time I see him on screen so I'm curious to hear your thoughts but Giacomo Giannotti from Grey's Anatomy DeLuca
2: DeLuca I think adults you okay Lauren
1: I think, unfortunately, he's right. I hate to say it. I've been on such a weird journey with his character on Grace. The
0: thing is, he is hot. Yeah, but the character is is it's been up and down, but it's a down moment for him. But I think, like in a at, at forty five in a dad role, I think it's going to be great. Yeah,
2: like I think that will be his prime. Like you know, that's a sweet. That's going to be a sweet spot.
1: Yeah, I think so too. I think you're right. All right, okay. He's a DILF.
2: <laughs> all right I so up. Sadly,
1: <laughs> all right uh well what about michael b jordan from creed and literally every other movie oh
2: that, i mean that's without a question Dolph. Yeah.
1: yeah feels like an easy one he's
2: gonna be like tay diggs um you know certain <gasps> k jones certainly k brown like he's he, he just has all and oliver
1: i just got so excited about a movie where they're all playing brothers
2: oh my gosh yes oh. that'd be amazing oh
1: another great <laughs> a great greenlit idea from the
0: pod <laughs> <laughs> alright the next one is another obsession of Lauren's from Kim's convenience Simo, Simu Lu
2: I don't know who this is <gasps>
0: So, from Kim's convenience, he plays Chung. Um, if you, if you want to
1: Google him, <laughs> I don't know. Lauren, do you want to just share any of the photos of him you probably have on your computer? I have. Uh, I, I'm overwhelmed trying to choose. Um, but he's also going, he's in an upcoming Mar- Marvel film. Um, he's about to blow up. He is and truly. Again? It's S I M U
0: L I U, is the last name.
1: And um, you know, it, if anyone's looking for a quick uh, way to find oh, him, you can just go to my Twitter account. Him. Yeah. Oh,
2: okay. Yeah, no, he's definitely Dilf territory.
1: <sighs> Thank you, and hopefully, the Dilf to my future children.
2: Oh my god, all he's I'm
1: <laughs> Like, what? I mean, the father.
0: <laughs> also, the fact that your Twitter account has not been suspended for
1: adding him. <laughs> I literally have started. He tweeted a couple weeks ago about how his parents are putting a lot of pressure on him to like get married and have kids. And I immediately responded like I'm applying for the job. I'm happy to like whatever. (laughs) And I like literally it opened something inside me that I can't stop to the point where friend of the show, Legina Hill, slid into my DMs and said, I can't believe what you're doing <laughs> and like it like met several friends reached out with like concern being like we know you're in isolation but like what I, yeah I, I i am surprised that i haven't gotten some sort of cease and desist oh, i did so photoshop funny. us together <laughs> okay i shouldn't be admitting this out loud but i love him all right, Caitlin, take it over because this is okay.
0: too uncomfortable. The last one. This is a wild card, but I, I, <laughs> okay. I can discuss why I put him on here. Interested in okay. your thoughts, Bobby Moynihan from SNL.
2: Oh, okay. Um, I, I don't think that he would be a Dilf, but he would be a very charming dad. Like he would be a good dad in a show, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't characterize him as like a Dilf dad.
0: Yeah, see, it's interesting. I, I wanted to add some, some body uh, size diversity to this list mm-hmm. because I also think a bigger guy ages well.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I I think maybe with the right role, it could happen. Absolutely.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. I I'm, all,
1: see that. I'm all for
0: it. I could see it. I'm not saying no. Well, I mean, you will be in prison by the time this <laughs> Bobby Moynihan feature comes out. But,
1: but for which crime is unclear? I think once Joshua <laughs> is, we were able to. They are both Canadians, so somehow that's going to bring them together to join forces, forces to stop. And you me. know
0: what? They're going to be kind
1: about it then, and so they're going to spare you. Oh, all right. On that note, uh, I'm going to call my lawyer, and we'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> all right and we are back and my lawyer has gotten more expensive by the minute uh i think he's as concerned as you are yeah well he charges by difficulty (laughs) and the (laughs) cases are getting stronger against you (laughs) (laughs) i'm helping i'm helping build the case against myself like i'm (sighs) i got it we have
0: to release this (laughs)
1: and we have to there's there is a like yeah there's we 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 entered into a pact with the gypsy and we have no choice but to release every episode completely unedited so (laughs) what can you do uh so i think it's time kate for you to reveal to the world what your thesis is oh my
0: god okay first of all this topic was such a joy when we chose it but then i was also like what is my connection to dilfs, this is, a, this is a question I had to ask <laughs> myself as a grown adult with a master's degree. Um, and truthfully, I'm not really the girl that had a crush on the sitcom dad as much. And I was like, why was that? And I was like, but, but who do I have a crush on? And I just realized, to me, the best dilfs are bad dads. <laughs> <laughs> And I did realize a few of my major crushes do play dads or father figures. You just don't associate with that right away because they're not very good at it. Okay. Um, And this also is sort of backing into the segment which I pitched only I ever bring up and I also refuse to do, which is the one where Lauren and I are going to present a thesis on each other's crushes. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Listeners may remember, I keep vetoing it because I'm embarrassed to hear about myself. Because <laughs> I know Lauren knows the truth. Um, so I want to talk about some really influential crushes I've had over the years on some of the worst dads in cinema. <laughs> <laughs> Starting with the man who started it all for me, Captain Von Trapp from The Sound of Music. He is just so hot to me. I love him so much and he does not care about those kids (laughs) maria has to make him interested and i'm not even convinced by the end that he like will save their life like he'll do that but like once they get to switzerland are they like hanging out i doubt it personally um and i love christopher Plummer so much he's also kind of a mean dad and knives out for sure for sure And kind of a sardonic
1: dad in Must Love Dogs. Oh, he's definitely a bad dad in Must Love Dogs.
0: Like he has been kind of been doing this for a while. It's great every time. Yeah, I have a crush on him from last year. He's over three thousand years old.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's he's actually very hot in Must Love Dogs, though. He might like
0: him uh, laughing at her. Oh my gosh!
1: Yeah, when they get when they accidentally show up to be on a date together. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: And she's I- embarrassed and he thinks it's
1: great Yeah, because he knows he's hot Horrible
0: <laughs> I love him, if you're listening, Christopher Plummer
1: <laughs> Alright So who else is on this list okay. Of bad dads? So
0: then we have Three important absentee dads That all were featured in the films <laughs> Mamma Mia And Mamma Mia, here we go again <laughs> um, In fairness They they didn't know if they're a dad <laughs> okay but we meet them as potentially Amanda Seyfried's fathers this is Pierce Brosnan number one with a bullet love him love him Colin Firth say no more and Stellan Skarsgård who honestly is not really for me but I do wish him the best (laughs) 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 so but the other two those like two of the hottest guys and they didn't know she existed. I don't I don't think. That's it, right? Yeah. They don't know if they're her mm-hmm. dad and they still don't in the second one because they chose not to get the DNA test. Lauren didn't order it.
1: It's, it's-, it's- yeah. <laughs> wasn't uh, that interested. But then,
0: I mean, Pierce Brosnan in the second one is also another favorite thing of mine, which is grieving person. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, someone who got away with not fathering or being an active father in a life and is grieving, sign me up. (laughs) Take me to that fictional Greek island. I'll get on Cher's helicopter. Um, And then the last one, this one is like a stretch, but it's also not. Um, Captain Picard from Star Trek, The Next Generation, (laughs) as played by Patrick Stewart. Now, was he a dad? Trekkies don't at me that hard. No, but he was a father figure. He chose to be a father figure (laughs) to Wesley and then was mean to him all the time. Which mm-hmm. is a funny thing to opt into, and then just be like, "But I am going to tell him to shut up constantly." Okay. Oh, and Andy let his dad die. But anyway, th- these are just just some really important <laughs> men to me, and also they all have a weird connection. Not all, but obviously, Colin Firth played Mister Darcy in Pride yes. and Prejudice*. There is, and I know videotape can't exist of it because it's from like bc but christopher Plummer played mr darcy at, <gasps> in a high school production at wait till you hear the name of the high school he went to it's just called montreal high school because <laughs> i guess wow. montreal was small enough at one point to just have one high school he's also canadian um mm-hmm. so they all have like mr darcyness about them which is obviously like the best thing to be
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> in my opinion yeah um there's also some weird military shit which I need to examine in myself because I didn't know I was into that. But there it is. <laughs> oh,
1: okay.
0: And I guess ultimately I'm saying being a good dad is not sexy, which I do <laughs> acknowledge is problematic, and I I will cancel myself. Thank you.
1: Okay. Uh, wow. Kevin, what do you think, Kevin? Do you think that there is a correlation between being a bad dad and being a hot Dilf, or is this just a Caitlin thing?
2: I think that there is a clearly a very valid argument for this that was Mm -hmm. just beautifully laid out. Um, I find it interesting because when I think about the people who I have the biggest self-crushes on, it is the complete opposite where Mm -hmm. they're usually dads who just love being a dad in a way that, like, almost, like, breaks your heart a little bit in addition to them having, like, abs and good style and nice hair. But, like, it's, like, like, the Jude Law and the Holiday... The, how like, much he loves those girls. <laughs> yeah. And, like, but like has like tea parties with them. And of course, he's due law, so he's like extremely attractive. But like someone too, like Ty Burrell in Modern Family, mm-hmm. who is just like this dorky goof of a guy, but loves being a dad so much that it like sort of like gives you an emotional connection totally. to this also sexual attraction you have to him in those blue Henley shirts that he wears with the tight <laughs> jeans all the time. Um... So, it's, yeah, for me, it's, like, it's the guys who really just really love and are good at being a dad. But I also am the person who always just, like, liked the good guys and not the bad guys. But I recognize that there's people who feel the exact opposite way from that. And that's, that's yeah,
0: fine. Yeah. You know,
1: there's room for everyone. Yeah. I wonder, though, like, for the bad dad trope, is there a different term than DILF? Because they don't lead with their dadness. Yeah. See, I think that's a great point. Like, do we need to do we need a new term for these for these, you know, absentee hotties?
0: Likely. Um, yeah, because
1: you're right. It, it is kind of something different. Yeah, because because like as Kevin was talking, I started thinking I was like, oh, yeah, like Ryan Reynolds in like definitely maybe that's oh, a yeah. DELF. Right. Like, but and part of it is part of his hotness comes from how much he cares about that little girl. Right. And so it's like,
2: also, like the, the fact that they're such good dads makes them a little bit ordinary, which also, which then makes them sort of attainable, which then makes the crush stronger because you feel like if they were real, you could be with them somehow. So, like that's wow. like an added thing to it. Wow.
0: Yeah, I think that's totally real. Yeah. yeah. So but for me, it's you know what <laughs> it is for the characters I'm talking about. The fact that they're a dad, it's not incidental because obviously the sound of music is mostly about those kids, right? But the you learn about their character through their sort of um in fact the fact that they don't define themselves as a dad first is probably tells you a lot about their character and that's the way their children are used in those films or shows right.
1: yeah well it just gives you a lot to consider in terms of like the etymology of these phrases and you know maybe we need to put a little
2: maybe More we need to get- language.
1: Yeah, well, maybe we need a little funding to do some yeah. academic studies in this in this area for of, sure. ling- of linguistics. Sure. Um, I would also love, you know, listeners, if you have any pitches for, you know, a new in- term for this specific subgenre of DILFs that are not very good at their job of being a dad, we'd love to hear it. You know, slide into the DMs. Absolutely. Please let us know. Yeah. Uh. Well, awesome. I think that I... I'm not sure that I'm fully on board with you that being a bad dad leads to hotness, but I am thankful that you reminded me how hot Christopher Plummer is in Must Love Dogs. So thank you for that.
0: The every era of him is good. It's strange. <laughs> but you know what? You know how I am? I love that in real life he's best friends with Julie Andrews. Like I like the good friend thing. Yeah. Mm. That gets me. Yeah. They have tea together. So that cute. well, that's adorable. As far as I know, he might be actually a good father in real life. I know nothing of
1: that. That's a Zoom I want to watch, though. High T, with the two of them. That's a Zoom reunion I want to watch. That raised so much money for charity tomorrow. Amazing. Well, um, Kevin, before we say goodbye, are there any dilfs that you feel like we haven't, you know, honored in today's podcast that you think uh, listeners should be Googling and seeking out?
2: I mean, We've gone through all of my favorites. We've gone through ones that I didn't even think about, but then just like brought all those feelings rushing back. Um, you know, yeah, I, I think we've just like done such a good job of covering the breasts of DILFdom that I feel like invigorated to 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 enter this next age of, of leering at 35 to 45 year old men on my television.
1: I love that. Who I I do have a question for both of you. When we finish this recording, what dilf are you going to immediately seek out for comfort? Like, we're we're. What are you going to watch tonight?
2: I mean, having just been newly alerted to him, um, Simo Lu on um, Team's Convenience <laughs> d- deserves at least twelve to fifteen hours of my googling once this is over. <laughs> Thank you so much. And I will happily embark on that journey.
0: You will find uh, Lauren's
1: problematic tweets and asks for us to not <laughs> release this episode. Uh, as the general of the Simu army, we thank you for joining us.
2: I'm a proud soldier.
1: <laughs> Kate, what about you? Who are you going to be uh, seeking? You know, cl- a dad we haven't talked
0: about, but I have mentioned a crush before. Johnny Rose from <gasps> Creek. oh Creek. That is a great tilf. Yeah. He definitely kind of the difference of what we're talking about like yeah he's a very caring dad but in a way where he kind of rolls his eyes
1: and i like that. yeah i love that i love that for you i love that for the world wow well this is exciting i'm probably gonna watch uh pride and prejudice for the ten thousandth time not because he's a dilf but because you said mr darcy and scientifically it's been proven i can't hear the name mr darcy yeah. and not then go immediately rewatch right within like, one of its yeah, yeah. It, it just, that's, you know, again, that gypsy that cursed us and forces us to release these episodes unedited. The
0: forces of magic and also science that are at yeah. play constantly in this podcast, it's really yeah. blows your mind.
1: If you haven't figured it out, we're trapped in an episode of X-Files and we can't get out. So, And I'm not trying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, this has been such an absolute delight, Kevin. Thank you for joining us.
2: Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, it was so much fun.
1: For our listeners that have fallen in stand with you, where can they keep up with you?
2: Um, I write for the Daily Beast, dailybeast.com every day. Um, So go read my silly musings about TV and pop culture there. Um, And then my Twitter account is uh, at KP Fallon.
1: Awesome. Well, this has been... damn delight and Absolutely. Uh, thanks so much uh, listeners if you want to slide into those DMs and let us know what topics you want us to dive into next time we are we stand social at gmail.com and we're on the Instagram we're on the Twitter we're on the talk of the ticks. <laughs> uh, hit us up